because I grew up in China and had a really uh, strong Chinese background, but that wasn't obvious to me when I was in China because I was just in the culture and I I wasn't able to like step away from it and like kind of observe myself because I only realized that I was Chinese after I came to a different culture. Everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Dozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamura Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Zilai Fang. She is an Asian artist working as a story artist at Pixar. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hi, um... I'm really glad and happy and honored to be on this podcast. Um, and I look forward to talking with you both. And um, so I am Zilai and I am originally from China. I came here in 2012. It's been a long time uh, for college. <laughs> and so I went to Cal Arts for my undergrad for four years. And after that, um, I kind of worked a little for a year. And then I went to USC for a master program for oh. another three years. And wow. I, yes, and I, during my uh, time at Cal Arts, I interned at a few different places, such as like DreamWorks. I did visual development intern and then I did animation stuff at Giphy after I graduated oh. and did a little animation freelance for Tonko House. So just like a lot of different things. And then after I went to USC, I did an internship at Pixar uh, for story. And that was with Ray. And then, yeah. yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then actually when I was at USC uh, after, actually right around that time when I was interning at Pixar, I also was taking a test for this other job, which is uh, Gilmo da Toro, new stop motion film. And then oh, uh, the Pinocchio one. Yeah, Pinocchio. And I was actually going to do it. I think Ray, you probably didn't know, but I think some people knew. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks for keeping me in the loop, Z. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, you know how close we are. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Cut this out. <laughs> But yeah, I, I was, um, I took a test for that when I was at USC and then I passed the test and then they were pursuing, like they're, they're uh, sponsoring me for visa, but it like, I actually unfortunately didn't end up working out. So I went back to USC after the internship and then I finished my school there and then I graduated and I now, uh, last year in June, I started at Pixar as a full-time story artist and that's pretty much my journey. That's awesome. Yeah. What an amazing journey. Can't <laughs> yeah. wait to get into it. Awesome. So before we get into the interview, the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices and you have to choose in between the two of them and then let us know why. Okay. <laughs> right. no, <laughs> Looks no so pressure. nervous. No pressure. This is <laughs> just <the> icebreaker. <laughs> Sweating. <laughs> All right. I'll start us off with the first question. Would you rather be trapped at the spirit bathhouse like Shihiro from Spirited Away or in a dream like Paprika from Paprika? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I think that's a very good question. It's hard. I think I like both. I'll say Spirited Away, mm. like the bathhouse. 
Yeah, you'd rather be trapped at the bathhouse with the other spirits? Yeah, I think so. Because I was trying to imagine, like, the whole space, like, the world. <laughs> and mm. I like the ocean view of the spirit away <laughs> uh, location. And then there's, I feel like, because he only showed us that much. I feel there's more there that we haven't seen <laughs> that I want mm. to, like, kind of explore around mm. that bathhouse place. And then, yeah, I don't know. But versus Propika, it feels like a dream, but like you can definitely kind of create everything. But that's like not her dream, right? It's like somebody else's dream. Yeah, I was I was thinking of the scenario where like uh, it's that creepy old guy that's like you know attacking her stuff when she's trying to like escape and they're running away and they're going into those different like little movie theater scenarios. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like those are just like a little too much. Like if you're constantly living there, you can definitely break down or something that's pretty scary yeah i think i think i would also go with the spirit bathhouse i think the if i break out thing is pretty cool but like it'd be too like mentally draining <laughs> it's like it's it's too it's too much it'd be too much yeah i think it's too much yeah because either you're like in, in this kind of mental like i don't want to say mental hell but like you're in this mental like entrapment versus you're just working for the rest of your life for free at the bathhouse. A physical entrapment. <laughs> and not a mental one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, it's, that's a good way to say it. I feel that's what I was thinking. Like, it's more grounded. Versus yeah. the other one, it's completely like, you know, there's nothing grounded. It's all like abstract. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's true. Maybe I would go with the paprika one. Yeah. But for a personal reason, because... I have, like, I have really, like, vivid dreams. And sometimes when I wake up, I'm like, that didn't make any sense. But when I'm in the dream, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. And it's the most important thing to me right now. And I can't leave the dream <laughs> until it's resolved. So if I could just stay in the dream forever, <laughs> that, that would be, true. It'd be horrific. But, I mean, I don't know. I probably wouldn't understand either way. So that is true, I, I kind of like being there. I don't know. That's a very good point. Now I'm torn. <laughs> oh, really? Do you, do you have, like, really vivid dreams? Yeah, and I really mm. like being in my dream. I feel like I completely, like, feel what you're saying. Because, mm. yeah, I I sometimes would rather, like, live in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I feel myself waking up and I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait. I have to do this thing. Like, I can't wake up right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same because... Even like after I woke up, I would be like, I have to go back to that dream. Yeah, I have to go back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I'm like, don't forget, don't forget. I have to go back. <laughs> have you ever been able to go back? It's, I, sometimes it worked for me. Like, I like wake up briefly and then I fall asleep and then yeah. I'll go back there kind of for a bit. <laughs> Only in the same night. I've never been like consecutive dream. Oh, me like, neither. Like multiple nights. Mm. Yeah, no, that's that's a skill too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point, but I I just feel like because in Paprika that dream is not her dream. Like if it's my yeah. dream, I'm, I might I might go for it, but then it's somebody else's dream, so it might be a little. Hmm. Yeah, all the dreams start merging together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, good choice. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a the next physical question. entrapment instead of the the mental one. <laughs> yes. Would you rather be a monster from Monsters Incorporated, where your job is to scare children? Or an emotion, like Inside Out, where your job is to control the emotions of the human you reside in? Uh, Monster. 
<laughs> that was quick. Yeah, yeah I think it's an easy one for me. What, why monster over an emotion? I feel like being emotion is really stressful. <laughs> <laughs> They're always on the clock. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I just feel stressed even watching them perform. And then they have mm. to like kind of monitor the uh, Rayleigh's behavior all day long and then be like oh what is she what is she doing and then she's not supposed to be doing this at this moment and then like what what do we do for to fix the other thing and it's just like so stressful Mm -hmm. and then i don't know if they even get enough time to sleep (laughs) (laughs) i don't do they sleep i don't know i think they're yeah it's 24 7 I don't know, but yeah, I think I, I think I would also want to be a monster instead. I think uh, I I think because for the exact reason, I feel like there's a clear distinction when you clock in and when you clock out. Mm-hmm. I feel like also Monsters Inc. probably has a good dental plan or something. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know what the pension plan is for like any emotion. Like I don't know if they even get one. <laughs> I don't think they retire, Ray. I think they like live with the human See, there, for their no whole life. Plan. There, there's probably no union there. I feel like Monsters yeah. Inc. is like a union. No, I don't know. The rule is not clear. <laughs> the rule of the world is not clear enough for me. <laughs> That's true because the, the five emotions, they live inside the brain or whatever. But then there's all this other stuff out in the brain, like the, the dream station and the abstract rooms and stuff like that. And I'm like, dang, mm. they never get to go there un- until this accidental journey. Yeah. <laughs> like there's all this cool stuff like in the brain. That's true. They, they don't have any of their own desires. They're just emotions. <laughs> Do they? Like, because I feel like they're, they're also like a person in a way. But yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. What about you, Yuki? What you have gone with? Uh, Probably a monster. Like, I, I think Inside Out's an interesting movie because of the concept of it. And I think it's helpful because there's a lot of kids who, who watched Inside Out and they were like, it helps them express their emotions better. They're like, oh, mm. I feel like, yeah, no, like little kids, you know, they're oh, like, oh, I feel yeah. like the red guy right now. Like when they're that. like, I don't really want to talk about how I feel, but to them, the concept of like those emotions, like help them express themselves. I'm not saying this is like a thing for all kids, but like, yeah, I have mm. heard that that's like, has was helpful at the time when it came out. And I'm like, that that makes sense. I think if you think too hard about it, it all a little bit falls apart, but like, the, the concepts there and the idea that you can have, like, memories with multiple emotions is, like, really important. But if I was going to be one of these guys, I'd definitely be a monster. <laughs> Same. <laughs> well, that was in between. Thanks so much for playing with us, Z. Hopefully that wasn't too hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a very pleasant icebreaker. <laughs> I, I oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. You, you did great. You did fantastic. You're like out of breath. <laughs> yeah, I'm like <laughs> trying to wipe my <laughs> sweat. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's MBT questions, let us know your responses, or if you have any suggestions for future MBT questions, contact us on social media. So, Z, uh, can you tell us what it is like? to be a story artist at Pixar Animation Studios? Yeah, um, that's a very good question. <laughs> I, that's a question that I feel like I'm still finding out about it myself because uh, I only started like a little more than a half year ago. And it's also a more interesting situation for me because I started during the pandemic 
Mm. Um, it's mm-hmm. more remote, and I don't, I can't really say that I have gotten the full experience of like being a story artist at Pixar. I'll say, yeah, it's just like a process that I'm still like in. I feel it's very different than the story internship that we're in. Like, it's mm-hmm. like definitely not like assignment based. It's like you're working on an actual project. You're working with the director. And I feel like a lot of it, it's about like communication and like kind of being able to work with a team. And um, and I think that's the part that I'm really learning a lot from. I'm not sure how different being at Pixar than like being in other studios. I feel like it might be similar, like just being a story artist. So I guess like the basic job is to like you mostly get a handout of the script from the director. And then usually it's like a few pages long and then you will go through the script. You will uh, get like a general introduction from the director of like what this part of the script is about. And then you will also have your own understanding and then you will like break it down and then kind of start to visualize it and then like do a first pass of the story and then... Um, and then you have a checkup with the director, maybe in like a week or so, and then you would do your second pass and then for revision. And then the first pass is when you kind of experiment with like some new ideas, explorations, and like pitch your own take on the script. And then the second pass is more like you're going kind of more specific into it and cleaning up. And then the third pass will be like the final pass. It kind of differs from like each production or each show, but for my show, we do like a thumbnail pass, which is like even more like an exploratory stage um, Mm -hmm. where I get to like really experiment with my ideas. Yeah, I guess for now, my experience being a story artist at Pixar, it's like, um, it's it's really cool because like you really get to have a lot of like creative input into the story and then you really have a lot of like opportunities to like, to pitch to to the directors like your own take on a lot of stuff and to really contribute to the show and it's also sim- like kind of constantly um challenging um which i really appreciate it cuz it's not like uh you get a script and then you're like kind of sit with it uh for like a long time and you kind it's like the turning turnaround speed i'll say it's like pretty quick so then mm-hmm. you're like I guess like constantly trying to think about new things and then trying to solve problems from the script. So I guess that part of like being a story artist is like what I appreciate. I'm also in a a smaller um, show. So like, I I guess I'm not allowed to say anything more specific, but because the team, yeah, the team is very small. So I get to work with the director really closely. And for a while, I'm like the only story artist on the show. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah, so I don't know if it's just a typical experience of like being a story artist, because usually mm. it might be in a bigger group. But I I think it's a very good experience to have to like mm, be in a, this kind of situation, I guess. And I do like kind of look forward to like maybe being on like some other shows to get like different experiences at the studio, like working with other directors and artists. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then like, again, you don't have to say specifically what, but 
are you working on a streaming show? Is that why it's like different in a smaller team? Yeah, it's a streaming show. And I think it's like a workflow that they're still like, I guess, in the process of figuring out. And it's a really early mm-hmm. stage show. That makes sense because, like, again, Pixar has mainly been known to do features. And then yeah. they do have the shorts that, like, the Pixar shorts and the shorts that came out before, like, the movies. But doing a short form series or doing a uh, series for streaming is definitely something new that they, yeah, probably getting used to that pipeline and getting to see how how they put their own Pixar spin on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's almost, I'll say it's almost like feature quality streaming shows. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's like also I longer. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's like maybe not feature quality yet, but like it's just like a longer form of like streaming. Maybe mm. it's also the workflow seems a little more like a feature workflow too. Could you tell us how like what you found beneficial from the Pixar story to trip that you're finding really helpful now working as a full on story artist? I think one thing that's a little similar to being at the like being in story interns versus like being a full-time story artist um it's that you have to like kind of come up with a lot of ideas like brainstorming and like also like uh it's both like brainstorming by yourself um and then also like brainstorming with a team and i think we do have a lot of assignments like that uh during the internship at pixar so even i've been in the show for a while we still have like some exploratory stages like before we started like kicking off like a script page then we will spend time like trying to come up with ideas for the character or like gags or like Mm. just mm, whatever helps tapping into uh, the script and then I think that part of it feels very familiar because we kind of had that during the internship also like brainstorming with a team which is something that we kind of had during the internship with like maybe a mm-hmm. few assignments. I guess like that part is actually what I'm like really uh, trying to work harder on as a full-time artist right now, because I feel like that part, it's actually, you have to like, you, you get to experience that part more as a full-time artist than like being a story intern. Cause you're an actual show that mm-hmm. you're like in more meetings and then dealing with like actual story problems. And then you have to like really come up with solutions with like a team and I think that part is like what I'm like trying to work on more because we did have that at the internship. But then I feel like the assignments are like mostly a little more individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I guess, more like the similar, but then also a little different part of it. And then I'll say like everything else in the internship, it's definitely super helpful for like being in the full time artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely like I feel like <laughs> the internship is way more intense than actually being <laughs> like a story artist. <laughs> yeah, it, it, no, it, it totally is. It totally is. I think because the, the thing they have to get over when you're first starting out as an intern at Pixar is like the fact that like, holy shit, I'm here at Pixar. I need to impress everybody. It's just like, no, just have, just try to take what you're learning from the assignments. Because basically, like you were saying, majority of the assignments was just trying to get you to kind of think as a story artist and how to brainstorm, how to approach certain situations. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember... Uh, one of the things we were doing were one of the assignments, it was like we had to put two unique situations together. I think it was like, what was it? Uh, werewolf in a hair salon or something like that that yeah. you had? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was like these weird things that we had to just pick. We had just had to pitch one line gags, like one like drawing, a single drawing and present an idea. 
And there was this one thing that Z pitched that had the entire <laughs> room dying. I don't know if you remember. I remember because everybody's on the floor, but just basically Z's just there and Z's pretty stoic sometimes. And she's just like pitching her stuff. And she gets to the one or this werewolf is like hidden under like this table and like the person is starting to turn to werewolf and like Z just says moon walks in and you see like this moon with like this cute face just walking into like a hair salon and the wolf is just hidden under the thing like trading but just the way she pitched and presented that just had the room dying on the floor like it's it was just hilarious and it's, it was a great drawing too but it was just Thanks, like man. moon walks in and then pff, everybody just died yeah that was like my pitch uh, my my uh, I don't know how highlight moment <laughs> Everything, everything starts to go down. <laughs> what are you talking about? Was, no, you uh, always had good stuff. No, I think that was like one of my our like one of our first assignments, right? Like maybe the first actual assignment that we got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of being a story artist is like a little similar to that. Like you just like kind of brainstorm a little idea like that kind of stuff, and then present it mm-hmm. to the directors or present it to the team. And see how they react and see how they feel. And then similar, like you're seeing how the room is reacting. Like it's a little difficult, more difficult, like on Zoom to see that (laughs) feeling. But you're like kind of constantly like kind of looking at people's feedback. And then uh, I guess like that's a part of this. That's also like a way to like, like to get a tone of what the directors are looking for and get Mm. like feedback from them. I think you're. I think you're totally right. It's, I think it's also kind of hard to kind of see how the room is kind of engaging now, working from home, because I've definitely have done some pitches where like, and I've been to pitches where like I'm laughing but I'm muted because I don't want to interrupt the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I, after like, and sometimes after I'm done pitching, they're like, "Oh yeah, that was really funny." And my head's like, "I didn't hear you guys laugh once." Yeah, <laughs> but it's because everybody's being polite, having themselves muted, and I think it's also because people are like are eating during the thing, or they might be quickly jotting. Now down notes or doing something else so they just yeah. don't want to be heard on on audio but yeah i think i think the internship was a nice little way to like build up a lot of those skills that just kind of carry over but it's, it's also really nice actually getting to work on an actual thing and applying those skills to like an actual assignment so after your internship at pixar you interned at illumination as an animation marketing intern can you like explain what you did as an intern and then how was that experience for you yeah um that was a very different experience I guess the way that I kind of got the offer, it's also like unexpected. I was referred by a friend to apply to that internship position Mm. because they thought that I would be a good fit because they're like looking for mostly 2D animators. So it's like the marketing department, but it's mostly just 2D animation, basically. Mm. Um, Mm. And then the creative director at that department, who's the one that was looking for the intern, she was actually somebody who I knew before and it's like not too long ago we were in this festival and then she was the one who actually gave me the award <laughs> oh, wow. yeah and so she was like surprised when I applied she's like did you know it was me and I was like I actually know because my friend told me <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah and then I didn't really like it was like not something that I would probably like expect myself to do but then um, because of all these like different factors, I, I applied and then I got the job. And then I uh, thought it was like it would be a helpful experience for me to get. So I pers- like I, I did proceed with that, uh, I guess, that internship. So my I guess my duty was mostly uh, working with that one 
creative director is just like mostly me and her and then um working on like small advertisement for like for example um the minions too <laughs> and in a more specific style like the 30s animation style and mm. it's it's like mostly very short contents like maybe like a 10 second thing or like a one minute thing and then they're also broken down into different like scenes so i only get like a very small amount every time and mm-hmm. apart from that it's like some sort of like social media contents like minion gifts like <laughs> they're like uh, yeah, yeah minions kind of twisting mm-hmm. their butts and doing cute stuff <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, it's just, like, a very, like, kind of good variety of, like, different kind of assignments. But they're, like, they're, they're assignments, but I feel like they're actually more, like, actual work. Like, actual work that you they will actually end up using. And, like, sometimes it would be, like, interactive media stuff even. Like, maybe they're working with, like, Illumination or, like, working with some other companies or, like, some other museum galleries. And then they're doing this small interactive piece with kids and so maybe uh i would get the assignment of like kind of animating some small 2d elements that would like kind of float around and stuff yeah just like a good variety and then even like during the internship i get borrowed to like a different department to do some graphic design stuff because they just wanted me to try it and like it was Mm. like with rebrock or something so i also got to work on that mostly what i really appreciate from that internship it's like also like communicating skills and like just being exposed to a whole different department that's not like like a typical like a creative department i'll say right um Mm -hmm. yeah and then just get the insights from like a different perspective of being in an animation studio and because i worked so closely with the creative creative director she was able to like really give me suggestion on a lot of stuff like including how to like present my ideas and being more professional in the way I present ideas and then even like more detailed stuff like writing emails and how to <laughs> how to like be <laughs> be like more communicative mm. with like different stuff. You are like a really multifaceted individual with, with a multitude of different experiences with like, you know, doing the story internship at Pixar and doing story now to like to the animation freelance at Taco House and the animation you did at Illumination. And you mentioned before the visit internship, like you've You've done almost every different part of the pipeline. Which of those different like disciplines do you enjoy doing the most? And what have you kind of discovered in kind of dipping your toe in all those different elements? So I think for me, the issues that I had was like, I, I am so into every aspect of it. <laughs> so it's like really hard <laughs> to choose. I guess like part of it was the curriculum, how the curriculum was built at CalArts. Like you mostly just like make one film each year, right? Um, So... I was like mostly super into making my own short film. So Mm. you got to like kind of put your hands on each process, like from coming up with the idea and then to like designing the characters, doing like V-step and then to like do storyboards and then to like do the actual animation and then do like post like compositing and all that. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the whole process. So as you can like tell, I I like I kind of been all over the place. <laughs> like I was <laughs> at DreamWorks for a bit, and then to do Wistaf, and then that's I guess like I just kind of took more than average time uh, to like explore different aspects of 
anim- like making animation. So I I guess like it took longer time than like a person would normally do uh, to like really decide what I want to do in the end. Mm. Um, and I guess like mm. through all these like different internships, I really get a taste of what it's like to like actually being a full time in that position. And then, right. um, yeah, so like, I guess like after the Restep internship, I kind of realized that I don't want to be a Restep artist mm-hmm. because like you're kind of just more separated from the story aspect of a production. Mm. And then you're mostly like, it could be a little isolating because sometimes you're stuck with a painting for like a longer period of time Mm. uh which is cool too but then i was just trying to like maybe get a different experience and then also i don't think my style was a good fit for Mm. like doing restep it's just like it takes a little different kind of painting to be a restep artist and then uh went a little into animation and then i did that tonko house project for like uh freelance for a bit and then i think i liked it but then like there isn't really that much like 2d animation jobs around and Mm -hmm. so and then i got more into like actually uh motion graphic (laughs) so oh interesting yeah so but then i didn't really have a good portfolio for motion graphics so i kind of worked on a more clean style and i think yeah i think that kind of helped also for me to like do that more clean style animation while at Illumination because I kind of was looking into like motion graphic and then so I did like a few very clean looking 2D animation pieces. Yeah, you probably you probably didn't know, but then like <laughs> <laughs> more secret review. <laughs> what, what more did I not know? Yeah, more you didn't know. Uh I, I completely didn't expect that I would get the Pixar internship. So mm. because bef- right before that, I was like completely trying to break into the motion graphic world. And that's so, actually really interesting. I did like that's something I didn't know. Yeah. So I was totally preparing like a portfolio for motion graphic. And then that was when I was at USC. So USC has like a good connection with like Buck. Like, you know, that motion graphic studio, Buck. Mm-hmm. And then I was even like talking with one of the 2d animation person there like i actually did an inter like did an interview with them like right before the pixar internship um and Mm. i was almost going to do it and then the pixar internship came and then i didn't really expect that but then i just kind of chose that so yeah what made you switch from because even after the pixar internship you did the illumination which is kind of like similar to like you know motion graphics or like you know animating in this short form what made you go to story instead so I think in the end, I still think that I would like that kind of framework, I guess, like that you're constantly more involved into the story making, storytelling process, which I like really appreciate being a story artist. And I think I in the end decided that I would like want to be more involved into like the actual storytelling part of like animation. And I think I'm... Compared to like maybe motion graphic, I think I decided that I'm more into like narrative stories. So I guess that's like what I, <laughs> how I decided. <laughs> yeah, and also like for those that don't know, um, I don't know if you remember Z, but the first time I actually ever met you was during that freelance at Tonka House because I was there as an intern doing the whole Adomo stuff, and we freelanced you to help with like one of the episodes for that for for that project. 
And when I first met you, I thought like, like I thought you were already a working animated professional. Like I didn't know you were still a student at CalArts during that time. So that, to me, that was really insane. Oh no! Actually, I think that time I graduated from. Oh, CalArts. you graduated? Okay. You were at USC at that time. No, I was like the year that I took oh, in, between. in between. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. oh. That's still insane to me. The fact that you still went back for school. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very interesting. I think I just spent a lot longer to like really explore and then take the time to really try to feel what I wanted to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, on that topic. So you graduated from CalArts in 2017 and then decided to go for a master's at USC. Uh, so how was that experience like, you know, attending CalArts and what made you even want to pursue like an MFA at USC? Like that's to me, that's just crazy because like CalArts is already like one of the most prestigious like animation schools you can go to. And to even pursue a further education past that is like insane. Yeah, because mostly because I'm a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I think just like going back to what we were talking about, like I was mostly I, I was confused after I graduated from CalArts because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really uh, break into the industry that fast because I guess like at CalArts, I just kind of focused or like spent most of my energy making my own short films. And I didn't really know which part of the production I wanted to be in if I were to go into a professional world. And so I guess part of the choice of pursuing like an MFA degree was to like give myself more time to like figure out that part and also mm-hmm. to like maybe maybe like make some more short films um, and to like just really take advantage of that environment of being at school. I guess like YUSC, it's more like I've been in, like, art school my whole life. Like, I guess, like, this is another thing that Ray, you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. This is, I'm learning more stuff about you, Z. I'm yeah. happy to be learning more about you. I, I actually didn't really know I wanted to do animation to start with. Hmm. I actually went to two other schools before Cars. Whoa. <laughs> oh, so much school. Yeah, that's, uh, that's why my friends were like, were you ever to, like, get out of school? <laughs> like... I, I student. yeah I did one year of fine arts at, in China and then I mm. came to the US and then I did one year of illustration in a school in Michigan and then wow. and then and, wow. and then I went to Cal Arts for animation so I wasn't even sure I wanted to do animation before going to Cal Arts so I guess even even after I went to Cal Arts I was like oh this is probably just like one stage of my life maybe I would go back to fine arts after I graduated <laughs> see that is insane to me because your animations are so good like you have this such unique way of like viewing the world and animating and that actually like brings me to kind of like my next topic is that throughout your education now that i know you've had additional years of education in michigan and in china (laughs) uh you have you have directed and produced quite a few short films in that time Um, one of those has actually received uh quite a few accolades that one being the remedy from the best script editing sound design under the animation shorts category at NYC Indie Film Festival, and then the best animation slash experimental short at the Los Angeles Chinese Film Festival. And I also have a couple other awards as well, but can you tell us what inspired that story for that short film? I think that was a very personal story. It like, it kind of set in my like, uh, I guess I have like a, some sort of list of like concepts that I kind of have, uh, 
like candidates for like short films, I guess. And then that mm-hmm. one's been like kind of sitting in my list for like a while. And then I've been kind of constantly, what do you call it? Like letting it brew <laughs> or how do you say it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was initially like an idea of like, uh, just like an old person's memory. And then initially I had like an idea of like having a super big closet that like, that has like different like little cubes in a big like like a like a shelf and then each mm-hmm. little cube has like a memory in it and then they would like kind of store memory in like shelves mm. uh but then like later later on i kind of wanted to do uh like a story that's based on like chinese medicine mm. and so mm-hmm. i just kind of combined the two idea because i also had this like kind of visual image of like little elements inside of like a Chinese herbal medicine that will like uh that will come out and like become like a memory. I really I was like really kind of hooked up with that visual and so I decided mm-hmm. to like proceed with this idea and then I guess I only had the very general idea of like I wanted I wanted to link Chinese medicine with like memory but then I didn't know what exactly the memory would be. Mm. Even like when I was like doing a few after I did a few passes of that animatic, I still couldn't figure out what the core of that memory would be. And then so I really spent a lot of time thinking. And then uh, I guess like at one point, like it occurred to me that I had this childhood memory of myself that I once ate like a sticker and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and then I like, I guess like I just pooped later and then my... <laughs> And then, like, my nanny at the time, she's just like, oh, you're good. I saw it in your poop. It's probably, like, not really true. I don't think she saw it, but she just told me that. And then, so I remember that. I was like, oh, this is this this is going to be the story. So I, like, kind of, like, went back to the story. And then, like, I incorporated this into that whole structure. And then I think these two concepts really work together. And then, so the other personal aspect of it was that doctor character in that short film was someone that I actually knew in real life. Mm. She was like a a friend that I that that I knew since I was really really young, and she was just like this legendary Chinese herbal doctor. That's like very interesting, <laughs> very interesting character. I I even actually wrote like a pretty long, I'll say novel or like a long thing about her. That's like separate from this short film, and I just took her as the main character, and then uh to put into this short film, and mm. it's mostly about like conquering the fear of like death (laughs) or like being Mm. sick from like going back to your childhood memory and being kind of healed by that memory and being comforted by like something from your childhood and because you kind of had that experience of thinking you were going to die when you were a kid but then you didn't die so that kind of comforted you being an adult (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's, again, I saw I saw the film too. So it was really, really good. Like I, I loved it. And like, yeah, I also like kind of what you're saying. The thing that I thought also worked well is that like oftentimes people say like, you know, food has contains memories. Like when you eat like a familiar food, like you can bring back some stuff. So kind of incorporating those elements of like, because yeah, the person's like mixing all these different ingredients, but like real life stuff, like I forgot what it was, but like it was like stuff from like a staircase or like from tiles and stuff and putting it all into this one soup that mm-hmm. that they drink. So just those little visuals are really good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I think that was the initial drive to make this short film. It's mostly like visual. <laughs> For me personally, I thought the visuals were really like, I don't know, touched me like in a visceral way. Just 
this might be weird, but like the way that they like cut up the medicine, like they they bring out those long sticks of like say the mugs are all you know in a in a row, and they use the scissors to cut them up. I don't know why, but I think to me that's like a very Chinese thing, like to see to use scissors in like cooking and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> because you go to dim sum and they're like, oh, we need to cut this, so they're like just. Like yeah, use scissors yeah. on the table. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else do that. Like, and and like when I'm like lazy and I'm like, oh, I just need to like cut this thing, but I don't want to use a cutting board. I just grab it and I like chop it with some scissors. <laughs> like I'll cut some green onions that way. Like then I only have oh, to wash do? one thing. I don't oh know. Why. I was like, wow, this feels so familiar. And then like watching them like kind of cut up these memories into this, you know, remedy. I, it, it felt really like, it, I don't know, it really touched me. I was like, huh, this is really cool. Like thinking of that, like in a nostalgic way. Thank you. I, that means a lot. I appreciate oh. that feedback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it, uh, it, it's, uh, it needs to be very Chinese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I really like the, the aspect of like the stickers, like, I, I wasn't really a kid who did that, but like kids who put like stickers on themselves or band-aids all over themselves. I'm like, oh, I can feel that like. It, like very like sticky you know all over your body or whatever i just thought yeah. that there's some really good visuals mm. i'm so glad to hear that feedback yeah because i feel like like some of the some of the memories that i used in that short film it's like very specific to like mm. chinese 90s or like <laughs> 2000 but i'm just like sometimes worried that if it's gonna connect with like people who are not from that cultural background but mm. Maybe no, it does. I, like, yeah, I totally got the whole sticker thing. I never put it in my mouth, but I totally rip, like, I think I was one of the kids that would put stickers all over myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can feel it. Yeah, but then I think my brother and I would do a thing where, like, we would, like, tear them off with each other because it, it also kind of stung. <laughs> oh, no. So we, we would, I think we would just make sure that the stickers on really, like, nice and tight, and then I'll go, okay, okay, I'm gonna rip one off of you, and then you rip one off of me. <laughs> it's just a dumb thing kids would do. Is it, like... Like a uh, hair remover. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like it waxing just, each other. Yeah, waxing. It, it just kids are dumb. Like, we yeah. played this other game where I, if it was like a really, really hot day and like if there was a hot railing, we would put our hands on it and see who would like let go first. And, like, we would hold on to the hot rail the longest. It just, we just find dumb ways to hurt ourselves. <laughs> But to kind of to kind of go back on you, like anybody who knows you and just knows your work, you perceive the world in such a unique way just based on that film alone. Why do you depict your stories through that abstract, surreal kind of lens? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think maybe first of all, I'm like really into like inner worlds. Like I like men like kind of Satoshi Kon stuff or like mm. Yuasa Masaki stuff. Yeah, and. They like really. They have a really unique way of like depicting, de depicting like, like the inner space or like the mental kind of psychological space. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I think I'm just naturally really into that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. another thing, it's like I guess I sometimes in a very like <laughs> rebellious, in the very un like immature way, <laughs> I'll say, because <laughs> I guess like being a cow art, it's mostly like the program is called character animation, right? Like it's mm. about character and like character animation, storytelling, and I'm I was just like, I wanted to go more experimental. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go on character <laughs> so I guess that's part of the initial kind of um, I guess path, path for me to explore into the more experimental kind of storytelling do you have any like uh, other specific like inspirations for your style 
Yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Just naturally happened. Yeah, I have to make it clear that I don't take drugs. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think some people will, like, comment, they're like, oh, exit trip. And I'm like, no, I don't take acid. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> You're just naturally always on a trip, Z. I think I wasn't really specifically into like kind of psychedelic stuff for a long time. I think I was more into live action stuff for, for like a long period of time. I wanted to do more like cinematic and like kind of live action sort of storytelling. And then I think that combined with some kind of inner space stuff like Yuasai and Masa like and, and like Satoshi Khan and like dream and like stuff that has something to deal with time mm. and like um yeah I think that's like the initial kind of way that I kind of start to navigate into my own style and then I think I was really into like space and like I like the feeling of like being in a certain space and then I just wanted to like I guess like describe that in animation and sometimes I would play with like how this space can transition into the different space. And then I went farther and farther. <laughs> and then I think, uh, and then I think I was kind of challenged at CalArts throughout like maybe more towards the second half. Cause I was more into like kind of live action way of like doing like space transition. And, mm -hmm. but then I guess like some of the people, like my peers there who I like really get inspiration from and like who I I really respected and they were like oh you're like just doing like live action stuff but like we're doing animation <laughs> yeah just make your stuff more animated and like or like and I was just like yeah man I need to like make this more animated and then <laughs> and then so I was just kind of going into like morphing stuff more and so I think because like morphing is the thing that's like super unique to animation that you cannot do at all in like live action. It's not about like where you place the camera. It's not about where kind of like it's not about cinematic. It's about like mm -hmm. that thing like kind of morphing, right? And yeah. so so I try to like explore more into that. And instead of like transitioning from like a sort of super cinematic like spatial arrangement to like another i try to like replace that with like morphing transition and so i guess mm -hmm. that's how i ended up with that film the remedy and like another film sweater because they're all more mostly like transitioning through morphing you know i think maybe that's part of it because i think it's also i think from hearing you talk it's like from shifting to live action to kind of animation it's like you're more interpreting a feeling Mm -hmm. It's not really like, you know, because uh, again, when you're filming in live action, it's like it's like reality and you do have there is still that the perception of reality and how you just choose to depict it. But with the way you're doing animations, like not only are you choosing to depict reality in a certain way, but you're also like interpreting the way you feel when you're looking at a certain thing or like the way we might feel internally when a thing happens, which is how you're kind of morphing things in your scenes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's that's kind of the journey. But but like, I guess like even like live action stuff can be can convey feelings too because like i guess because i was initially so influenced by satoshi khan like i think his way of like making animation it's like almost super live action mm -hmm. like some of his mm -hmm. films i feel like you can almost like just film it like you don't have to do animation mm -hmm. <laughs> um mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know um i think that's like a constant 
I guess like a consistent theme of my journey of like exploring into like dream kind of theme and then also like a struggle between shooting it like I guess like a more live action way of approaching it or like a more animated or like more way of approaching it and then that's how like everything kind of merged together and like it turned into what you were seeing (laughs) (laughs) and then from also from the looks of it it feels like like a lot of your cultural background also plays a big part and like your filmography or the way you decide to like depict your stories yeah i think so i think that's like a part of it that really came to me after i came to the united states because i grew up in china Mm. i had a really uh strong chinese background but that wasn't obvious to me when i was in china because i was just in the culture and i i wasn't able to like step away from it and like kind of observe myself in like more from a distance and so I, mm. I guess like after I came to the United States, I realized I am I am foreigner. I'm like I'm a foreigner to this culture, and I'm not you know native. So <laughs> that really triggers a lot of thinkings about like my cultural identity and like who I am. And and I think I like a lot of my work started to like kind of revolve around that cultural identity that I like that I have. And yeah, I I'm a big fan of like this writer. Uh, he's Colombian and. Uh, his, his name is like Garcia Marquez. I don't know if you guys know him. No. I don't know. Yeah, he wrote a book like a hundred years of solitude, and then I like yeah, I'm a big fan of him. And then I think he he wrote that he had a dream after he moved to Mexico. He's I think he spent like the second half of his life, his life in Mexico because yeah, for some reason. And then he was just like he had a dream that he he was at his own funeral, <laughs> oh. and and everybody was attending this funeral. And and then he was like, oh, it's really happy. He got to see all these old friends from like the past. And then like in the end, everybody was leaving and except him. And then he realized he could not leave because it's his own funeral. Oh. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then for some reason, it like kind of hit him as like a cultural awakeness. I don't know like how that connection was made, but then like he realized that he was in a foreign land and he was a foreigner to this land. And then. Uh, to him mm. like the concept of like homeland only appeared to him after he moved to a different place uh, or like only after mm. he's dis- detached from his homeland and i thought that was super interesting and like i think that really kind of relate like i can relate to the experience because mm. i only realized that i was chinese after i came to a different culture and right. yeah Damn. so i really started to think about what it meant and and then so i started to use more like Cantonese because I'm from like a Cantonese part of China and so I started using Cantonese in dialogues in my short films and I started to like kind of try to I guess depict my childhood like the buildings or like the environment that I lived in like the atmosphere that I had as a a kid and I try to like kind of recreate that feeling in my in my work and I think that constituted like a, a big part of it yeah I think it definitely shows from what I've seen it everything feels even though it's like surrealistic and psychedelic, everything feels distinct. Like everything I feel like you depict, it comes from something. And I love that about the stuff that you create. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Z. Where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you want to plug before we get into our final question? No, I just wanted to say that I really enjoy talking to you guys. And I Aww. really... I'm <laughs> Aww. I, yeah. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, my Instagram account, it's 
seafood lai lai like seafood and lai 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 <laughs> you can find me on instagram and i have my own website which is zilaifeng.com uh just my my first and last name.com and i also have tumblr which is also seafood lai lai and yeah you can follow me if you want <laughs> well that is awesome z and as we come to a close what final advice would you want to bestow on those that are trying to pursue a career in animation? Yes, I'll say just be open to different possibilities. If you cannot figure it out right away like me, <laughs> just kind of take your time. <laughs> and it's okay to like uh, be lost and try to like explore into different aspects and try tried out different stuff and i think a very practical advice is just to like apply for anything <laughs> that's out there and just like apply for this is like pretty important to me because i used to apply for the pixar internship every year but oh. i never heard back anything at all and i never talked to any of the pixar recruiters when i was at cal arts even though they came to our portfolio day mm. every year i never built any connection and so when I got the Pixar internship, uh, I was surprised because I thought they just reached out to me because I didn't remember that I applied. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually applied because I just did it automatically every year, although I don't hear back from them at all. Uh. Yeah, it just like sometimes it would just like come to you in a very unexpected way. You, you never know what you would get. Like, although sometimes you would like get defeated because or get frustrated because you never heard back from a certain opportunity or like you don't hear back from anyone for like a long time and you don't know what you wanted to, to, to do but i guess like it just doesn't hurt to like keep applying for different opportunities because you because you will never know what will come it's perfect advice well thank you so much for joining us z and if you audience member enjoyed our interview today please rate and follow us on anchor spotify or wherever you tune in uh, we're on apple pods and spotify i think has a rating system so please Leave us a review on either one of those or both. That would be great. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. And if you have any suggestions for guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast.gmail.com. We love to discover new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening. And thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.